You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Happy Friday, everyone. We are back here with the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West, and amidst the rainy weather that Glenn tweeted about still in the Louisiana area, we still got it up in here, Georgia, as well. We're going to talk about some uh, some bright spots today, and that's uh, we're going to be kind of previewing a way too early preview, no predictions, but way too early preview of LSU football under Brian Kelly, which, uh, Glenn, there's no offseason for football, so I think it's okay that we take a break from baseball. It's definitely okay that we take a break from basketball. We're going to be catching that up in our next podcast episode, but it's okay to talk some football once in a while. Yeah, no, I agree completely. <laughs> I think uh, you know baseball talk is going has really started to heat up around here. Uh, but the weather hasn't really caught up yet with baseball weather. Today is probably the first stunning day we've had in about a week uh, here in Baton Rouge. So uh, going to you know catch some some scrimmages this weekend and all that stuff, and uh, we'll we'll keep everybody abreast on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, football. You know, now that the signing periods are done, uh, freshman classes everywhere are, are pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, I think it's a good time to revisit just uh, where this roster is and just kind of the uh, the outlook of this 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 current team and where it can go. Yeah, and we've been doing a good job of that. You know, Sonny has done these roster breakdowns. Where does it stand? You took a look today, kind of where the 2024 class, what kind of position are they going to walk into, which I think is a good look um, as well. But I thought it was a good idea, and now we've kind of tied that bow on the 2023 class. And really, you know, as we were kind of, you know, texting back and forth on Wednesday, this is a class in 2023 that LSU really kind of had wrapped up way early on. They did their work, did their due diligence in the in the winter, the earlier winter, I should say, in December, and we're able to do that. So it brings this question, and this is going to have a lot of uh, debate, which is which is fantastic, but is LSU ready to make that jump to the national title contender? Now, I'm going to be as the outsider trying to make himself feel like an insider. I'm going to give my outside perspective, and then, Glenn, I want to turn it over to you to where all the LSU fans say, thank God, this is the guy who actually knows what he's talking about. From an outside perspective – LSU was a program last year that obviously, uh, you know, struggled kind of finding that identity early on in the season. Uh, new quarterback, you know, how does he fit in the plans? And so just for me, watching games casually, you know, the Tennessee game stands out as one that's like, ooh, that was bad. Brian Kelly said as much. You know, that was not the product we wanted to put out there. Then the Ole Miss win. Then obviously the Alabama win. And it kind of felt like in a, in a matter of three, four weeks, the expectations went from we want to you know be a solid bowl game to holy cow, we may become one of the first you know multi-loss teams to make a playoff if things fall the right way. So it, it went all over the place in that sense. But I don't know about you. I kind of felt like that the college football playoff aspirations 
maybe a little premature in, in where this rebuild was. And I think that, you know, reminding fans that, hey, this is, you know, this is something that had to be rebuilt. Uh, so it was really, really great. Year one was fantastic, you know, going off the expectations. Kind of want to see where you thought. Did you feel like that the expectations took that massive jump in the span of three, four weeks? We're like, oh, wow, this team's in a really good position, way different than it was three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think now that you've had, you know, several months to kind of dissect what the season was like, um, it, just from looking at everything from afar, I, I do think that probably the the college football playoff talk there for that, you know, month span was uh, probably a little bit premature. I think, you know, the Texas A&M loss was a really great uh, kind of reminder to folks that, listen, this was a this was a team that was kind of put together on the fly and they had to do a lot of mm-hmm. work in a lot in a very short amount of time. Um, just to, to field a really decent roster. And uh, I think in so many respects, uh, they, they exceeded expectations on the field. Um, w- even with that, you know, five-game win streak there, there was just a, a lot of positivity, I think, that you could take, um, you know, at the end of the season out of this group. And, um, you know, the, you were always going to have to beat Georgia. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and even if you had beaten A&M in that game, I think everybody looking from a distance now could see that Georgia was clearly the best team in college football last year and that it would have taken a really spectacular performance for LSU to stay close in that one and, you know, heighten the effect that Jaden Daniels is essentially playing on one ankle and uh, kind of lose him halfway through that game. So, you know, I, I think there are some good things to take away from last season. And so, you know, kind of what you look at now is, um, kind of how do you retool this this roster and how do you move forward and look at uh, the, the newcomers and, and how you you know establish them into the foundation that you built in year one? Because I think, you know, really at the end of the day, what LSU did better than anything else on the field was build that culture and build that uh, foundation in year one that, you know, players really seem to take to uh, towards that middle of the season. It really seemed like things were starting to click in terms of the the daily habits that they wanted to be in, the accountability that the coaching staff wanted of these individual players. Um, and, and I think that's something that you have enough of your core returning here in 2023 that those guys can now be tools for the new players. You know, LSU is mm-hmm. welcoming 36 new players, you know, 25 freshmen, 11 transfers at this time. Um those are guys that are, you know, a lot of which, you know, the transfers and 13 freshmen are already on campus and starting to learn uh, the habits that are expected of them uh, before this fall, uh, before this spring semester. And that's, you know, something that last year's team really had to learn on the fly. And so I think having a lot of those guys back, a lot of those pieces in play um, for, for this coming spring and, and offseason uh, really allows LSU to, to develop at a much rapid, uh, much more rapid pace, in my opinion. Yeah, and I like what you said, too. I mean, you have enough of the core coming back that it was a really good foundation that was set in year one. I mean, that cannot be – I know, you know, this regular season did not end the way that LSU fans wanted it to. Obviously, the loss to Texas A&M, that's disappointing. But I think when you take a step back, which is a really – you know, know, when you're a fan of a program, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to take a step back and look at it. But like what you said, after a couple months, you say, man, that was a really good year one season. We saw the glimpses of what we can be, and we also saw glimpses of you know what we're still struggling with. That brings us to 2023. We talked about all the new players that are going to have to get into the fold, but you have a key group doing that. And give credit to the coaching staff. We're not really going to hit on the coaching staff today, but Brian Kelly and his staff, I think it's safe to say that you know when this has been said on this podcast, national podcast, the 24-7 national people have said it, 
this is a really good hire, you know, year one. I mean, this this is something that really – the jokes and the memes that came out, yeah, people are not laughing about that as much anymore. So Yeah, and just something to really qu- throw in real quickly here, the, the fact that they were able to re-recruit a lot of these guys back to the team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think the losses that LSU had this year were very surprising outside of maybe one or two. Um, I think Demario Tolan and, you know, Kayshawn deciding to come back and then deciding to leave that – whole scenario scenario was just a little bit wonky but um you know there's you know look everybody else that i think they lost uh this year uh was uh expected and not a bit surprising and i think they have we'll touch on it now but just enough of that core foundation returning to be really excited yeah so we've kind of outlined three different things that we think you have to have and especially this lsu team has to have just having watched the college football playoffs since its inception, and seeing what championship teams with that pedigree have. What do they have that sets them apart? And so we start off, and this is going to be the hot topic of conversation, so we probably could just do a whole podcast on the first topic, the first bullet point, but it's elite quarterback play. Now, look, whether you think um, that uh, you know Stetson Bennett's an elite quarterback or not, what he did do is he gave his team a chance to win, and he was consistent. Uh, Bryce Young, you know his ability at Alabama to do that. And you look at a lot of the other players that have made it to the college ball playoff, they've had really good quarterback play. C.J. Stroud this past year for Ohio State. Max Duggan, I mean, carried that at TCU team. So can Jaden Daniels be consistent? I mean, that that's going to be the big question. Uh, I mentioned with Sonny on the podcast when we talked about <clears throat> transfers. And, Glenn, I said I think the one of the biggest things we're not realizing is that Jaden Daniels has now been here and done that. The process of him getting acclimated to LSU, acclimated to the you know the, his surroundings, I mean, everything, every little thing, it's not there anymore. Now he can just go out and focus on building relationships with the new guys and you know continuing to lead this team. Uh, Glenn, I think that's one of the kind of the maybe, I don't know, uh, undertold stories so far of the offseason that LSU fans may not you know, realize – can that lead to Jane Daniels being more consistent? How can he do that? You watched him play all season. What does it take for him to be more consistent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think having another offseason with these weapons is going to be extremely um, beneficial to Jaden uh, this offseason. I think last year, you know, you came into a situation where there were three other guys wanting to get equal reps with these players, uh, with these weapons, receivers, running backs, and whatnot. Um, and, you know, it, you just don't get that one-on-one uh, attention, you know, mm-hmm. on a daily basis that I think he's going to get this year. And so um, the think the fact that you now have a year of him starting, um, kind of knowing who he, who he trusts, you know, I think Malik Neighbors, Mason Taylor uh, are a couple of guys that you could tell he built some strong rapport with um, in, in terms of the passing game. But he's got to elevate that. He's got to take it to mm-hmm. another level. He's got to get more guys consistently involved. Um, Brian Thomas is going to be a, a, a really big key, I think, to this receiving group this year. Um, you know, you could throw in Aaron Anderson, the Alabama transfer, and um, you know they have a whole host of, of freshman talent, and, and Kyron Lacy is a veteran player returning. So there's a lot of options here, and I think the biggest thing here now is that LSU really goes in. Uh, to this year with with two quarterbacks that it feels really good about instead of four you know I think the 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 one-on-one attention the amount of reps they're going to be able to get uh, with those receivers with those weapons uh, is really going to be 
uh, extremely beneficial. And I know I've said that word already, but um, you know, the off season is, is really going to be about what kind of work those guys get in terms of building that chemistry out even more. Um, you saw moments last year, flashes of uh, real connectivity, I think with this offense. And then you had games like Arkansas where it looked like they just couldn't have a pulse. And so mm-hmm. you need to be able to eliminate that, uh, you know, kind of drive it more towards the middle while also staying consistent uh, in the games that you played well in. Um, and look, I think Jaden would be the first to tell you he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. I think that's been a, a really popular kind of theme out there was that he just didn't take enough shots last year. And you know, I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think he probably should have taken a little bit bigger looks and been a little bit more aggressive in spots with his arm. Um, but this is a guy who also – you know, I think kind of weighs the decision of whether or not to release a, you know, 55 yard bomb and, and when, you know, you could have a 12 yard, 13 yard first down run. Uh, and, and he, and he likes to do that instead. And so this is a very, an electric athlete. Uh, he, he's a guy that I think is going to, uh, certainly, uh, be one of the biggest playmakers in all of college football next year. I think that's probably one of the reasons that he's returning because he notices that mm-hmm. he's, going to be one of the favorites, I think, in the SEC to to be competing uh, for, for offensive player of the week, week in, week out, and, and, and you know, all the accolades that come with him being a, a second-year starter in this, in this, uh, in this program. Um, and, and that athleticism is just really – I mean, we talked about it a lot during the season last year, but just going back and watching the film, I mean, he's just so hard to bring down. If you get him in open space, um, he is so fast and um, – can, can really run past even secondary guys. I mean, he's just that electric of an athlete. And I think that's something he has to continue to lean into because it's such a dynamic part of his game. Um, but certainly I think finding some middle ground, which I think you saw in those middle, you know, four or five games there with, with the wins over Alabama and Ole Miss and Florida, you saw him take those chances uh, with his legs, but also with his arm. And I think that's what he needs to do on a more consistent basis uh, next year as a full-time starter again. Yeah, and, and one thing I've seen trending around is his progressions and his reads. I mean, being more comfortable with that, which goes right into what you were talking about. I mean, just the comfortability aspect of not having to get on campus, and Sonny made the joke about this, learn where your classes are, learn where this is, know where to go for this. I mean, that it really is a difference that I think sometimes media, even in fans, we don't always think about. And so him having that ability and the relationships, you know, his relationship with the offensive coaching staff, that's huge. Now he's more comfortable, you know, to walk in and, and, and like you said, have that one-on-one opportunity to say, hey, coach, you know, this play in practice, I went here, show me what I need to do. I mean, look, Jaden is a – he's a veteran of the college game. I mean, he, he understands what it takes. So can Daniels be consistent enough? I think the question to or the answer is yes. I, I think that he can make that jump. He's got – I mean, Glenn, we know this. It's not a talent issue at all, no. in my opinion, at all. It's not a talent issue. No, and and people want to, um, you know, I, I I've seen we we have some very passionate you know posts on our board uh, when it comes to quarterback talk, and you know, people talk about um, you know him being a four year starter and then just not being a, a whole lot of room for improvement because you've seen him so much and you know mm-hmm. uh, how much he 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 started and how how what his game is, and I think. The answer to that or the rebuttal to that is, well, he's only been uh, a starter in the SEC for one year. And so he only has one year of experience at playing at this level. I mean, he's played some Division One college football you know, out in the Pac-12. And, you know, that's 
it's just not the SEC. And so I think mm-hmm. it was an adjustment period for him, just like it's been for every quarterback that's come through this conference uh, in recent memory. This conference has always been built on stellar athletes playing defense. And, um, you know, the, the, the recruiting in this conference is just at a different level than it is anywhere else. And so I think it was certainly an adjustment period for him uh, this this first year. And I think that there are things that he can learn uh, from that first year that he can carry into this year um as a as a second year starter in the sec and so um i'm, I'm excited to see what Jaden can do um this off season see how much work he's getting in with these guys um between now and spring um how that looks coming back with him and garrett kind of going um I, I wouldn't say neck and neck i think you know brian kelly's made it very uh you know, straightforward that Jaden's going to be the starter and he's going to be the the guy to get first team reps. But I do think you also have to keep a guy like Nussmeyer engaged. And so like, mm-hmm. you, you're going to need to give him those first team reps as well. I'm pretty sure Garrett's going to be pulling guys aside and um, getting some extra work in with them as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of busy, uh, busy months for, for Malik neighbors, for Brian Thomas, for uh, all those guys running routes and getting the timing down, I think is, is, is what works so well. I mean, we, we've, we talked about it before and it's not probably going to be at this level ever again, but between that 18 and 19 season, Joe Burrow was out there every day with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Terrace Marshall and um, all those guys, you know, just making sure they had the timing of the routes down, Mm -hmm. uh, making sure they knew exactly what they wanted out of each other. And that's something that this team can do too. And and, and it doesn't mean you're going to have a 2019 success story kind of year for, for, for offense, but it does mean that you can be more consistent and it means you can be uh, have more trust in, in where those players are going to be and, and knowing where I put the ball, uh, those guys are going to be able to go up and make a play. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so that that's question number one. If if LSU wants to make the jump to national title contender, then Jaden Daniels has to be more consistent. They have to have elite quarterback play. Uh, we get to bullet point number two in this, and it's championship-level depth. Now, you may say, Bryce, that makes way too much sense, but I go back to watching the SEC title game. Now, I officially wasn't on the beat at this moment. You are. You were. You were in the building. And when you watch – I mean, look, and no one LSU fans don't want to talk about it. I get that. But when you watch the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSU in 2019, I mean, when you look at these teams that not only have – top-level talent at the ones on their depth chart. But you can run twos out there, and you're not seeing a big drop-off. You have, you can have a defensive line, Glenn, that you can rotate five, six guys in, and there's not a massive drop-off. That's what you have to have, in my opinion, in today's day and age of college football to be a national title contender. 
I think when we saw the SEC title game, we saw a lot of top-end talent uh, at the top, and then a lot of you know, not not and no no knock against the players. It was just those guys weren't there yet. So we're going to get in the last bullet point of what players need to. But I mean, do you feel like this is a roster that is getting to a point that it can say, "Hey, we can rotate some twos in at certain positions. Uh, we can have depth. We can we can be able to roll guys out there." And we still feel that we're having our A plus game, our A plus group out there. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it, it really is a position by position basis because I think you can look at the receiver uh, room and you can certainly say, you know, look that that's going to take care mm. of itself. Those guys are going to be good. Um, you know, I, 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 but I have questions, you know, about you know some of the other positions. I mean, edge rushers is, is going to be. Uh, a question that I have in the spring is which guys, you know, kind of stand out in the spring in terms of, um, you know, who's getting the reps and uh, really that entire defensive line behind Makai Wingo uh, and Mason Smith on the interior. Um, you know, they, they spent a lot of resources this, this off season and, and revamping that group uh, on the interior. You know, their run defense was good at times last year, but it also got gashed towards the end of the season by A&M and uh, a couple of those teams down the stretch. So, um, having having quality depth that can last you deep into the season, I think, is where LSU is going to really need to, to to answer some questions in terms of their uh, their pass rush and in terms of their defensive line. I mean, look, you're gonna you're gonna run Harold Perkins all over the place. He's going to be mm-hmm. you know inside linebacker. He's going to be on the outside. You know, getting into the backfield. Uh, you know, more times than not, he's just so good at uh, disruption and, and getting after the quarterback. Um, but who who starts on who starts next to him in, in in those situations? And so, I'm gonna have some some questions about that in in, in the spring and who's gonna be getting those early looks. Um, you know, some of these guys are freshmen that aren't even on campus yet that are gonna be getting some looks uh, in that regard. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Deshaun Womack. I can't remember if he's one of the 13 guys that's on campus already. But that's a guy that I'm looking at. You know, kind of yeah. come you know, fall as, as a, as a freshman that could see early uh, playing time. And he is, he actually is, he's a, he's a spring enrollee. Uh, so he's, you know, already getting that work in with the program. So um, he's a guy that I th- could certainly see, you know, being in that group, being in that number um, to, to compete on the edge. Um, they have a number of transfers that the Texas transfer, they have, uh, you know, the, the Texas transfer OV. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to even try his last name yet. Still, I'm <laughs> still not comfortable saying it. Um, but he's going to get some looks. Braden Swan, uh, Swan, Swanson from Oregon is going to get some mm-hmm. looks. Um, you got uh, uh, Paris Shand on the inside, uh, defensive tackle wise. So they're going to they're going to have a lot of a lot of veteran guys. I think in that they're going to be able to rotate in and see which ones stick, see which ones stand out in the spring, and uh, kind of have a baseline of what to expect. Um, you know, another area that's that's going to be uh, a big question is is the secondary. You know, how quickly can those guys come together? You know, this was a secondary that was put together last year very quickly uh, because of the talent that they lost, and they kind of had to revamp it again. I mean, you see it with the number of transfers and freshmen that they've signed this year. They have, uh, I, I want to say, they have close to ten new cornerbacks in this room between mm-hmm. transfers and, and freshmen, and so that's going to be a lot to, to kind of decipher and, and kind of pick and weed out uh, which guys you can really trust. And, 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 and I think talent level wise, this is a group that can certainly return to, to kind of that elite DBU form. I think you're looking at Denver Harris, who has a lot of potential. Uh, Zai Alexander is a guy that I'm really excited about a six, three corner 
uh, that they got out of Southeastern who was getting looks from everybody. I mean, Alabama was in on him um, and, and he just wanted to come home. So that was, that was really good for him to stay in Louisiana. Um, and, and they, they have, a, they have a lot of guys that I think they're going to be able to trot out there uh, in the secondary. So that, those are probably the two biggest position groups, um, you know, secondary and defensive line that I'll head into the spring having a lot of question marks for. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly, uh, you know, a few more, I think running back, you know, is, is certainly a question. You've got all the talent, you've got all the bodies, you know, in there back in this room, uh, with Josh Williams and John Emery and all those players. Um, but it was, it was kind of up and down for the running game last Mm -hmm. year for LSU. And you want to see some more explosive opportunities open up for them. And, uh, I think how they handle that offensively is going to be really important as well. It's going to be important because we talk about depth, and it can't just be bodies, you know, especially at this level in the SEC. I think that you see in certain games where LSU and you watching college football, where if you just have bodies, you're going to get exposed, especially by better teams. Uh, so not only is it, you know, guys like uh, the DB room is one that stood out to me. I mean, we, we don't know what the quality of depth is right there right now. We, we see the star rankings. You know, we see what the high school tape is. We see what, you know, coaches at the previous schools. But guys like J.K. Johnson, guys like Deuce Chestnut. I mean, Chestnut was a really good player his freshman year. Um, Zy Alexander. But what does it look like when they step on the field at LSU, where, like you alluded to earlier with the same thing with Jaden Daniels, it's going to take a step up a notch. I mean, you're playing NFL-level talent week in and week out. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then that linebacker position, I mean, how does Omar Spates fit in? You know, he's a veteran guy, was a really high performer in the Pac-12. I mean, he did really good. That jump, what does it look like for him to take that jump, uh, you, you know, right there? So. Depth is not only just transfers. It's not only just recruits like a Deshaun Womack that I'm, I'm with you in that camp. I mean, you watch the kids film. He's, kind of, he's one of the few kids, Glenn, that I think you could look at and say, this kid could probably play. Like, if they play tomorrow, he could be in the rotation somewhere on the field against an SEC opponent. But it's also, when we take a look at depth, it's what guys on the roster need to step up. So you watched them all last season. If you had to just, you know, cherry pick maybe – two, three guys, new names that, or positions you mentioned a little bit earlier. Who needs to step up to feel, make it feel better about a depth? Who's a guy that could lead that position group or something like that that maybe yeah. wasn't there last year? Yeah, so I, I feel, um, you know, we, we touched on the position groups pretty well um, in the last topic, but just, you know, I, I do want to also mention just real quick, um, offensive line is another mm-hmm. one. You know, I know you returned four or five starters. Garrett Dellinger certainly seems like, uh, he could seamlessly fit in as a as a fifth starter. Uh, you know, you got to see what you got with Zalance Hurd, but there's just so many rave reviews coming out about him that he could uh, eventually, you know, secure a starting spot. But you know, I, I think you brought up a good point: is that you know bodies uh, bodies break down throughout the course of a football season, and so having those quality backups, um, you know, the Marlon Martinez's of the world, the uh, uh, you know, the, the borderlines, DJ mm-hmm. Chester, you know, some of the, some of the guys that you revamped this room with, uh, that's going to be really important on both, you know, the offensive line, the defensive line, you know, in the trenches, um, and, and certainly at, at other key positions like running back and, and, and certainly in the secondary, but, uh, just a couple of players that I maybe tally that, uh, these are guys that are in the program now, or were in part of a team, part of the team last year, that I think, uh, really need to make a, a, a big step. And, and I'm, I'm going to start with um, uh, Quincy Wiggins, the true freshman. 
uh, from last year. He's entering his second year now. Uh, heard a lot of really great things about Quincy, you know, kind of as the season developed last year uh, and how he was able to uh, really grow as a player. Um, he, he's somebody that I think could absolutely take one of those starting spots on the defensive line uh, if he's, uh, you know, if, if, if he makes that jump that we all expect him to make. Uh, I think that's going to be really, really important uh, for for LSU to have, uh, you know, a guy like that who can uh, big six five two ninety two eighty mm-hmm. ninety can 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 go in and get some gets get some offensive linemen off their feet a little bit and push them back and kind of collapse the pocket. I think he's going to be uh, an X factor for this team next year if he can uh, for this defense next year if he can really come in and and, and have a a really good showing. Um, you know, if you're talking about uh, another defensive player, I would probably throw out, you know, Omar Spades, I think is going to be really huge. Um, but, but I'm also looking at, at West weeks, you know, he's a linebacker that is a thumper. He's a guy that had, had some opportunities last year and, um, and, 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 you know, he's kind of more of a rotational guy, but does he see more snaps now next to Greg Penn, uh, or is it Omar Spates that takes up the majority of that that playing time? Um, I, I'm going to be really interested to see how linebacker uh, certainly evolves uh, throughout the season. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also going to be looking at running back. I think that's you're, – you're still looking for that, you know, definitive playmaker, um, the guy that you can really trust in terms of uh, explosive plays and getting – uh, you know, just 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 really breaking open a game with the running ability, and I think the fact that you're returning your offensive line next year, um, or so much of your offensive line, really helps you uh, kind of grow out the run game a little bit. And I think you know the guy I'm looking at is Josh Williams certainly, but mm. um, I'm also looking at John Emery. I mean, we've talked about it for years now how we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting to see if this guy is ever going to fulfill his potential and. He had some really great moments last year. I want to see those moments turn into big games, like like really big, uh, you know, important games and key moments where you can hand him the ball and say, "Go make a play for us. Go get us into the red zone. Go go score a touchdown here." Um, he he's got that explosive ability as a runner, and I think that's that's going to be really important for LSU's offense to keep you know defenses on on their toes, and so. Uh, he's certainly another guy that I think uh, that if he develops the way that he, that we think he can, and 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 certainly his talent shows you he, he can, um, he, he he's going to be a difference maker, another X factor in this offense. Yeah, I like what you said there. We we talked about it maybe two weeks ago on the podcast about John Emery. I mean, it's never been a talent issue with him. Uh, it's really holding on to the football, and it's really yeah. living up to that potential. And look, that's a lot of potential to live up to. You know, number one running back coming out of his class, that, that's really, really hard to come and live up to. But I think what you said, I mean, is we kind of wrap this up. Look, the blueprint is there in Baton Rouge. Like, I don't think there's any doubt that the – there's uh, signs that we saw last year of where, I mean, you know, th- it's also kind of how football is, Glenn. I mean, this team was, you know, a certain amount of plays away from being, you know, a, a CFP contender. And you could also say there are a certain amount of plays from being a seven-win, eight-win team. I mean, it's 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 one of those things. That's how football bounces sometimes. So I think it's going to be interesting. But kind of to recap that, elite quarterback play, we have to see Jaden Daniels become more consistent if LSU wants to make a big, big impact on 2023. That championship-level depth, which we're going to learn more in spring practice. We're going to be able to see kind of what these guys bring to the table. And you're also going to get to hear from the coaches 
albeit it'll be behind a filter, a little bit of some coach speak, but you'll be able to kind of hear their thoughts on some of these new guys. How do they fit in the position? And then guys need to step up. I love what you said right there. I mean, there's certain guys on campus that's, that you say, hey, if this guy makes big strides, it all only does something for him personally. It makes the group better. It, it makes that position group better and made more dynamic, and it gives the opposing offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator a headache. But you want to appreciate it. Uh, Go ahead. You want to throw in one more name there. Uh, sorry, I didn't get a chance to mention him, but – Aaron Anderson, I think, yeah. um, from a special teams uh, perspective, having a return man that can flip a game, flip the side of the field for you. We didn't know what that was like last year at LSU. I mean, it got to a point three <laughs> weeks into the season where we were just hoping the guy would make the fair catch and LSU's offense would be able to come out on the field. So having a guy like Anderson, who is such a change of uh, a pace runner, a guy who uh, I think can can do some extremely dangerous things in the return game, uh, that will help this group as well immensely. And then he's going to be a great uh, slot option for, for Jaden Daniels as well, a guy you can use in a variety of ways uh, offensively. Just had to mention mm-hmm. him because, you know, he's he's a newcomer, but he's a guy that I think is going to fit pretty seamlessly into this program. Yeah, and we're not even talking about him as a receiver in that. I mean, his his no. ceiling as a receiver yeah. is really high, but obviously in the special teams, which, Glenn, I could only imagine if I'd go back and I remember watching, I mean, I'll bring it up, week one, and I'm just sitting there casual, you know, college football fan. I can only imagine the reaction when you see the special teams gaffes and then week two, week three, week four. Um, yeah, that's going to be a welcome sight to have a guy back there that you know not only is going to catch the ball but can make a couple people miss along the way. One of, one of the great things about last year was watching Malik Neighbors overcome that week one mm, where he muffed yeah. two punts and turned into an, a, a, a thousand-yard receiver and probably the best weapon LSU had uh, last year. And so that was that was really encouraging to see from from a guy like Malik Neighbors who was able to shrug that off, and now he's he's going to be in the All-SEC, All-American conversation heading into next year. So that's that's that was really impressive. Yeah, a lot of potential. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. This has been a way too early, because I'm telling you, it's way too early. It's February. Way too early look at kind of what would it take? What would the blueprint be for LSU to make a run to the college football playoff? He is Glenn West. I am Bryce Coon. We encourage you to subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and uh, comment down below, because we know you're going to have comments about the quarterback battle. That is something that is just ingrained uh, so far. And if you're over on the boards, make sure to Hit the YouTube link, watch it on YouTube, and hit subscribe because we want you to be a part of this podcast as well. Well, Glenn, I appreciate it, man. It sounds like we're going to be talking some basketball in the next episode. So we've warned you, we've forewarned, we're going to have – we'll have a tale. It'll be what? Good news, and then we'll talk about Kim Mulkey's program. We're not, which yeah, we're not, we're not going to just talk about the men's. We're going to talk about the women's. <laughs> we're going to get Dylan on here, talk about an undefeated season because yeah. uh, that's what – I mean, that's what you really want to hear. You don't want to hear me talk about men's for 20 minutes and have nothing really positive to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a rough season. Been a rough season. You, we're, we're laughing so we don't cry. There we go. That's, sure. that's how it is. That's a great that's, way to put it. Man. All I know is that Glenn's not making me do the three-hour drive to Athens on Valentine's to go watch the game. So I, I, that's I did ask about the six-hour drive to South Carolina for the women's game, though. You did. And you did ask about we that. Didn't, yeah. We didn't. Well, I don't think we're going to pull the trigger on that one either. <laughs> Sounds good. That's Glenn West. I'm Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, anywhere where you get audio podcasts, make sure to subscribe there as well. And once again on the YouTube, like, subscribe, and comment down below. We'll see you next time on the Go 24-7 Podcast.